1: The Beauty of Obedience, that is coming up next here on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Throughout the Old Testament, we get glimpses into God's heart about sacrifice, obedience. In fact, there are times where God simply says, I despise your sacrifices, I just want you to be obedient. So we're looking at the beauty of obedience out of 1 John chapter 2. Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. As we begin our time together today, we do so, again, out of 1 John, chapter 2. Here's our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. 1
2: John, chapter 2. And this morning, I was, I, was, I was studying something, and I wanted to share it with the church. I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart. And I want to talk to you about the beauty of obedience, you know, oftentimes when we think about the gospel, we think about church, um, people automatically associated with rules and understand that, yes, God is in the business of giving us boundaries. I look at rules as, as boundaries to help to keep me away from things that can harm me or hurt me. And I think that's the perspective that we have to have. We can't see rules as just, oh, God's trying to stop me from doing something. We have to see that saints as God's trying to protect me from something. He's trying to protect me from something. And the world is becoming more and more lawless because lawlessness shall increase. He says, the love of many will grow cold. When you start removing boundaries, then what happens is people start vo- violating other people. And then people get hurt. And when they get hurt, they become bitter, they become angry, become resentful, and then they start lashing out at one another. Well, God helps us to stay within boundaries so that, so that we can be blessed and uh, his ways can be established within the earth. And so rules are good. Boundaries are good. You know, I, I want God to show me how to how to live that's gonna keep me and, and make sure that I'm protected because I don't know everything. Can I have an amen, y'all? And there's a lot of pitfalls out there. And the devil is busy and demons are busy, and the devil's trying everything. Well, God help me to stay within these boundaries so that I stay secure and safe and that and then I continue to remain blessed. First John Chapter 2, verse 3 to 6. Look at this. It says, now by this we know that we know him. If, somebody say if. If we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him. And does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word. Truly the love of God is perfected in him. It it comes to maturity in him. He says, By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And so he says it here. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he who says... I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I love this. I love this. This is very important because what happens is God reveals himself to all of us progressively. Nobody knows all of God right now. Over the course of your life and over the course of, you know, eons of, of, of walking with God and being with God in eternity and all those things, God is constantly going to be revealing more of his person to us. He is inexhaustible. He's so splendid and so powerful and so mighty that even if he did give you a glimpse, a further glimpse of his person, he has to prepare you for that. Your body couldn't even take it. Moses just got into the presence of God and then just by getting in the presence of God and God just showing him his hind parts, he came down from the mountain glowing He's just too awesome. Everybody say, I want to know God. Well, I don't want to know God before God gives me the ability to know him the way I should know him. Because he's so powerful and explosive and splendid and wonderful that our bodies couldn't even take it. And this is the reason why he told Moses, I can't even show you. I can't show you me. And the issue here for all of us is that when we come to know God, God starts to reveal himself to us progressively over time. And he uses circumstances, he uses search situation. He starts to reveal to us not only just his person, but his characteristics from an internal standpoint. You know, who is God? How does he think? What does he know? How does he know? Um, what is on his mind? What are the things that he cares about? What doesn't he like? What does he hate? All those things are things that we should have a quest to know about God, but he has to reveal those things to us progressively over time. He gives us his, his word to reveal aspects of his person. He helps us to understand. But then personally, God starts to begin to, to reveal himself to us. He starts to speak to you. He starts to whisper to you. He starts talking to you in dreams. He'll start talking to you in visions. He'll give you revelations. And the Lord will send angels to convey messages. So God has a way of of us getting to know him progressively over time. He doesn't do it all at once. You can't take it all at once. Stop asking God to know everything. What do you want him to do? Kill you? Let him reveal himself to you progressively over time. But you continue to seek him. Seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So God, he does this. But one of the golden keys to getting more revelation of who God is. Is by learning to be obedient. And this is what he says. How can you say you know God, but you don't obey any of his commands? You're lying if you say that. Because what happens to us is this, saints, is that God reveals more of who he is through and by our steps of obedience. God takes Moses and he meets him as a burning bush. He speaks to him out of the burning bush. He communicates his heart to him out of the burning bush. And then he gives him commandments. I want you to take this rod in your hand. And I want you to go in there and do this. And I want you to go in there and say that. And as Moses steps out in obedience, every step of the way, he gets more a glimpse of who God is by God's response to his obedience. When you do this, then this is going to happen. Then he's going to say this. And then when he says this, you say that. And then what happens is God starts to reveal. And Moses says, oh, wow. God just turned that rod into a snake. And you get more of a revelation of who who God is and his power and his ability God says, okay, I'm going to take you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I want you to go up this way, and I want you to follow the angel that's going to lead you out this way. And then he gets to the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden, it looks like, oh my goodness, where's God at? And then, boom, he gets another revelation of who God is by his ability to split the Red Sea. Then he goes out into the wilderness, and he's still trying to figure God out. He's trying to get more glimpse of of who God is. And then God says, okay, I'm going to cause you... To have a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. So now he starts to see that God's ability to protect him. Even from the elements. To protect him and sustain him in the midst of dryness. He gets more of a glimpse of who God is. God, But he's, all he's doing is being obedient. And then God continues to do what? Reveal himself. So our obedience ties us. To revelation, more of who, more revelation of who God is. And sometimes He's leading you through a valley or the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't fear any evil because thou art with me, thy rod and they, or thy staff, they cover me. God showed me how powerful He is in my darkest time by standing right by my side and sustaining me and getting me through it. That's more revelation of who God is. And so what happens is our steps of obedience, saints, give us the opportunity to get more of a glimpse of who he is. God says, I want you to put these drugs down. But Lord, I can't stop. Just put them down. Stop. Try. And I'm going to empower you to do it. Then next thing you know, You put them down and then God starts empowering you to do what you couldn't do in your own strength or what you tried to do and you failed so many times. But then you started just believing and trusting in God, releasing your faith. God releases his power. And then you said, man, I haven't had a drug in 20 years because of the power of God. Well, God has revealed something about his character and his nature to you. Never thought I could love people the way that I love people now. Like how in the world? Man, I love that person. And then I love them, and I actually tell them I love them. I'm tough. I'm bad. I don't tell nobody nothing. But now you're in church crying with your tough self. Because God, God, you step out on obedience, and then God starts revealing more of his person to you. And then you start opening your heart, and then God starts sharing himself with you. Like, this love that I have doesn't just come from me. It comes from God. Man, how you, Pastor Kaufman, I can't stop cussing. Well, man, try to stop and start asking God to help you to stop. And then when you stop, don't say it was you. Say it was God who revealed his power through you and is helping you to do what you could not do in your own strength. God is revealing more of himself to you. Pastor Kaufman, I can't stay celibate. What do you mean? If God can cause Pastor Paul to be sustained, he can cause you to be sustained. But it's your step of obedience. When you step out, God meets you, and then you look up and say, man, I really am doing this. No, sex is not your life. It's not. You're alive without it. Can I have an amen, y'all? You know? And what happens is God starts revealing himself to us progressively over time as we obey his commands. A lot of people want to know God, but they don't realize it's in the obedience that you begin to know him more. Like, man, I can't believe this. God is real, and he's showing himself to me every day as he sustains me, and he meets me at my steps of obedience. And so the apostle John, who was the apostle of love, he says here, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments, I'm going to know him by keeping his commandments. And I'm going to reveal who he is by keeping his commandments. I'm going to get more insight into him by keeping his commandments. And I get to know him better. He says, he who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now God's love is becoming mature in me and it's perfecting me. By this, he says, we know that we are in him. He who says that he abides in him, in him ought himself also to walk just as he walks. Now, this is the beautiful thing about it. The more I obey God, the more I become like him from the inside out. The more I obey God, the more God starts to change me from the inside out. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. God starts working on me from the inside out, but it's my steps of obedience. God looks at the, 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 the man that wants to be healed. He says, do you want to be made whole? He said, yeah, I do. He said, well, stick out your hand. Do you want to be made whole? Go down and wash in the, in the river, Naaman. Do you want to be made whole? He asks us the question, do we want to be made whole? And then he gives us the command. Step out. Do you want to be saved from your sins? Do you want to be forgiven of all your sins? Yeah, I do, I do. Okay, you need to repent. Repent. And then turn to me and release your faith. Well, what happens is people don't realize this the obedience, that's the key to more revelation, to more freedom, and to becoming more like him from the inside out. God begins to transform us by his spirit. But man, there's a word in the Bible, that term that is used a lot, it is the term stiff-necked. Have y'all ever read that in the Bible? People are stiff-necked. God says, I'm going to work on you. I'm going to do it. I need you. And he would say this about Israel all the time. They're stiff-necked people. They They won't turn. They won't do what I'm saying. I'm trying to... Get them to go. And this is the same thing that we do. God's trying to say, I, got, I want to show myself to you, but you got to obey me so I can reveal myself to you. And stop saying you know me when uh, you may know some of me, but stop saying you know me if you won't be obedient. And for us as saints, we have to get to this place where, where we become pliable and moldable to God. That God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to try. I'm going to go for it. I'm going I'm to yield to you. And I'm going to stop being stiff-necked. I'm going to stop being rebellious. I'm going to stop. I'm going to say, God, here I am. What do you want to do? And we finally surrender. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you got to surrender. You got to surrender. Now watch this. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And this is really good. Because the thing I love about these verses is that it helps me to understand that I don't have to change myself by myself. And my obedience is going to help me to to get to this place where God can actually do what I'm desiring. It's just not me doing all the work. Look what he says here in verse 20 and 21. Hebrews 13 verse 20 and 21. It says here in verse 20. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you. Somebody say working in you. Working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, make you complete. God wants to make us whole. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. He says here, make us complete in every good work. He says to do his will. So he wants us to be mature, to grow up, so that we can do good works and do things that are according to his will, not our own. This is where obeying the commandments and doing what God says is so important. He says here, he says, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. Now, this is, a, this is amazing because God is working in you so that you could do things and become something that is pleasing in his sight. So that tells me that God is working in me. I don't have to do it all myself. I have to yield to the process. Somebody say process. I have to yield to the process of God working in me to do that which is well pleasing in his own sight. So he perfects me that I might please him. And he's working in me to to make that happen. So he knows what he wants and he's working on me so that I can give him what he wants. It's not my own strength. It's not my own power. It's my ability to yield and be obedient to his commands. He reveals more of himself to me. And then he starts working on me to do that which is pleasing in his sight. That means that I'm just, I'm just if you will, and all of us in this room, we're just masterpieces. Can I have an amen, y'all? You're just God's masterpiece. He's working on you. He's he's the intricate details of who you are and what he's created you to be. He's constantly working on that in your life so that you can become something that is pleasing to him. We got some painters in the room. You know when you got that picture. You've drawn that painting and you say, man, that's it. Well, that's what God's doing with all of us. He's working on us. That which is well-pleasing in his sight. That I like what I see here. The only problem is is that we sometimes forget that we are the creation and we start thinking that we are the creator. I don't need God. I got this. I like the way my life is like this. Well, we fail to realize that you are not the creator. You are the creation, and we have to learn to yield to our Creator's hand. Can I have an amen? He says, working on you, working in you, which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus, uh, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now watch this. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, verses 9 and 10. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, their faith... And love in the Spirit, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Look at verse 10 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light he says in verse 10 that you may walk worthy of the lord how many in this room want to walk worthy of the lord see we uh, this has to be our our desire well We can't walk worthy of the Lord if we constantly are just disregarding his commandments. Disregarding the things that are on his heart. God wants us to walk walk worthy of him. And he does this by getting inside of us and, and participating in the transformation process. He's working in us to do that which is well pleasing in his sight. So what happens is God... Is looking for people like I said before that will yield to that process. He says here, and it's important for us to see this, saints. He says, he says uh, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. He says, fully pleasing Him. Think about that. So this tells me it's possible for me to fully please God. God's going to help me do that. But it's possible for me to fully please God, that, 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 that you wake up, you go through your life, and you're putting a smile on his face every day. That you're fully pleasing them, that you're in the right place at the right time, doing what you're supposed to do. But the church, for so long, we've been taught that you can't please God. That it's not possible. That we're all imperfect. Yeah, we're, we, we understand that we're still a work in progress. But poss- the Apostle Paul said that we can walk and fully please God. That you're pleasing God. That God's happy with you. We got to break this lie. If we don't feel like this is ever attainable, we'll never, we'll never journey up the mountain to try to get there. That's why the devil has released this lie. He wants us to think, oh, you can never, you're never good enough for God. You're never, wait a minute, God said that, that he would cause me to be fully pleasing, to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Isn't that what the man of God just said? And this is what we should be questioning. Man, I want to fully please God. I believe like this can happen. And then when we start believing and releasing our faith, then God starts getting in us to help us to do that. And then he reveals more of himself to us progressively over time. We get a, more, a better glimpse of who he is. Wait, God just empowered me to do what was right. That's God. He's revealing himself to me. He says, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we see how the knowledge of God, revelation of his person, is, is tied to this. I obey God. I please God. I do what he's saying. He reveals more of who he is. I get more knowledge of who God is. He reveals more of himself to me. I'm not going to get more of a revelation of who God is by being disobedient. It's my obedience that gives me more revelation of who God is. He says... Being fruitful in every good work. My prayer is for all of us in this room that every good work that God has assigned to your life, that you're fruitful in that. I want to see God bless you and bless me and bless people and and do it in such a way that we become so fruitful that our haters, they can do nothing but shut their mouths. Like, look at God bless that woman of God. And the devil can't block it. A curse isn't going to work. Witchcraft isn't going to work. Voodoo isn't going to work. That nothing the devil tries is going to work. The trap isn't going to work. The, uh, The gossiping against you isn't going to work. There's nothing they can do to stop it. Nothing they can do to block it. Nothing they can do to hinder it. Nothing they can do. That all it is is that God has blessed you. And what God has blessed, you cannot curse. Can I have an amen? And then you start getting fruitful in everything you do. Your children get fruitful. And your house gets fruitful. And your finances get, your health gets fruitful. You start getting fruitful in everything you do. And there's nothing nothing that the devil can do to stop it.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.